3: Welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast, your go-to source for all things movies. I'm your host, Movie Mike, and joining me on today's episode is my friend and co-worker from The Bobby Bone Show and Four Things with Amy Brown, the one and only Amy. And I've known Amy for 10 years now, but I wanted to sit down and get to know her through movies and find out things I've always wanted to ask her. We'll also do a throwback movie review, a movie from 2004, The Terminal with Tom Hanks, so there will be some spoilers there. But the movie is 10 years old, and then we'll also get into her review of watching Old Yeller, which has a really depressing ending. We'll get into all that. So without any further ado, let's get started.
4: In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast, one man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with
1: so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDB with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast.
3: Here now with Amy of The Bobby Bones Show, of Four Things with Amy Brown, and really just one of my friends from a very long time ago. Yeah,
4: don't forget uh, Women of Country. Women of Country, <laughs> Shout out. Uh, outweigh. All of podcast. the things. Your yes. own podcast network, mm-hmm. too. Um, the Country Top 30 with Bobby Bones. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. We'll, we'll stop with my my on-air uh, resume.
3: Well, thanks for being on the podcast. I wanted to have you, have you on for a while now. So,
4: Oh, yeah. All you got to do is ask. I'm glad I threw it out there the other day. And then you texted me. You're like, you mentioned this in the studio. Can you do it? And I said, of course.
3: So here you are now. now. And what I like to do with every guest is kind of get to know you through movies. Sure. So I have some questions I want to ask you. Just answer away. Hit me. So what was your favorite movie as a kid? Pretty Woman. As a kid. Yeah, now, I know. That's a movie that that's sounds, not really for kids.
4: It's a little unconventional, but at nine, I think it was nine or so, my parents actually took me and my sister to the theater to watch Pretty Woman. I think they had a date night scheduled around then, and I, they couldn't find a babysitter or something. So then they just decided to take us. I think my mom was sort of against it, but my dad said, Oh, it'll be fine. And I do remember them putting their hands over my (laughs) eyes during multiple scenes, but a lot of the stuff was lost on me. Like I didn't know she was a prostitute. And nor did I know whenever she was uh, giving him a variety of protection to choose from. I thought thought it was like a rainbow of candy, (laughs) like, but no, it was other stuff. So, uh, Anyway, somehow that was one of my favorite movies as a child. So it was Dirty Dancing. My sister and I would often reenact the lift scene, or at least we would try to when we'd be swimming in the pool. And then another childhood favorite is Steel Magnolias. And all of those are still my favorites to this day. Like if you sent me to an island and I could take three movies, those would be my three. And they're all from my childhood.
3: And all three great movies. And
4: they're not... All oh, they're all not for children. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I love that those are your favorite as a kid.
4: I know. So there you have it.
3: What about the first movie you remember going on a date to see, like in theaters?
4: I do remember seeing Titanic when I was a junior in high school, and my boyfriend and I went for Valentine's Day. So uh, his name was Zach. No idea where he is now, but that was my Boyfriend, that's the first movie date I remember. I'm sure I went with like groups of friends, obviously before that in junior high and high school, but I don't remember it being like a real, real date. Anyway, there there could be one I'm missing here, but Titanic, probably 1997, 1998, that's when it came out. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I just remember going on Valentine's Day. My friend Zach and I, or boyfriend Zach and I, had actually gone to dinner with my dad and his wife beforehand. And we thought that was pretty awesome because my dad picked up the bill. So that was a very smart move on on our part, being high schoolers and not having a lot of money. So we got a really nice Valentine's meal for free, and then we <laughs> went to see Titanic.
3: Nice. What about the most famous movie star you've ever met?
4: Movie star? Ugh. Nicole Kidman.
3: Okay. I mean, that's That's pretty up
4: there. I'm trying to think. And that's because... Oh, Reese Witherspoon. Remember when I saw her backstage at the (laughs) CNAs? I basically... I didn't attack her, but she was walking out of a door unexpectedly. I was backstage for something maybe bobby was back there doing something i don't know but i was standing by this door and out walked Reese witherspoon and i just my jaw dropped i stayed somewhat calm because i didn't want to be you know a total like super oh my fan gosh, Reese on her <laughs> yeah i didn't want to draw attention to the situation but i i was stammering with my words and was a little bit flustered um but she was so kind so that is one that's up there i'm trying to think if there. i mean George Strait technically was in Pure Country, so he is a movie star. If people have not seen Pure Country, that's another good one that's from, what, maybe the 90s that you should check out. And I don't know. Who else has come in? Surely we've met other actors. I would love to meet, like, The Rock
3: Yeah, he's up there for me. Yeah. Because I was a fan of his back when he was doing wrestling. Mm -hmm. And then to meet him now would be amazing just because he has become like the biggest movie star now.
4: Yeah. I would love to meet Julia Roberts.
3: Oh, that would be a good one. Oh,
4: I met Sean Penn. Is that random? Yeah, that's cool. I mean, he's an actor, right? Yeah. Is it odd to
3: you that I'm not that big of a Julia Roberts fan?
4: Yes, that's odd. She's in so many great movies. In fact, have you heard of this thing that people are doing? You know how you binge a show? Yeah. So like you'll binge, you know, maybe a, a series that has come out and you watch every episode over in a row, but people are doing binging themes. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that? Yeah, I've heard of that. Oh, okay, sorry. It's new to me. But,
3: <laughs> um, so it's a great theme though. I
4: want to do a Julia Roberts binge theme. So you set out to watch everything she's ever been in, whether it's a movie Or a TV show. You can pick any actor you want to stick with. But that's your theme. And then you watch them all. Or you could pick weddings. And then you watch every movie that's about weddings. Or has wedding in the title. And that's your binge theme.
3: I think for me that would be torture to watch all of Julia Roberts movies. I've just never been a fan of her. Wow. I think there's a few actresses and actors that for some reason there's movies that I just don't like. I would be Julia Roberts, Meryl Streep, and Tom Cruise.
4: Wait, you don't like Meryl Streep? No. What's wrong with you? I don't know. Tom Cruise?
3: Tom Cruise. Are you not
4: pumped about Top Gun 2?
3: I'm excited about it because of how crazy he is about getting things perfect and like wanting to do his own stunts and how the more so the movie making process behind that Top Gun, but as far as Tom Cruise as Top Gun again. Not really that interested in it.
4: Wow. I have been, I'm more excited for it than I ever was because it keeps getting pushed. Yeah. Like because of COVID and all these things changed. And it's finally coming out this year, right? Yeah.
3: When? Hopefully. Maybe in the, later, later this summer.
4: Later this summer. Okay. You know what else? This isn't a movie, but it comes out later this year because I was looking it up. I was so curious. Is Ozark. Oh, and yeah? it's going to be the final season, but I think they're doing it in two parts. And at the end, it'll be at the end of the year, they'll do part one. And then rolling into next year will be part two. So I would be down for Ozark, the movie, if I they ever be- wanted to do it. Like Sex and the City. That was a TV show that was awesome. And then they put out three movies and maybe they're working on the fourth.
3: Yeah. But Kim I,
4: Cattrall's not going to be in it.
3: He's not. I love Sex and the City. Oh, okay. I went to see, I think Sex and the City, the first movie, is the first ever rated R movie I snuck into because I wanted to watch it so badly.
4: Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Fun fact that I didn't know about you.
3: Okay. Who would you rather have play you in a movie, Carrie Russell or Candace Cameron Bure?
4: Oh, that's hard. Uh, I don't know. I guess Candace Cameron because I follow her on Instagram, so I feel like I know her more personally.
3: You think she could get your oh. character down?
4: I almost <laughs> met Candace Cameron. Speaking of people, actors or actresses that we've met, she was hosting iHeart Country Fest with mm-hmm. Bobby. And I got so close to her, but she was working. So I never officially got the the introduction because oh, they yeah. were so busy. Like... But I do have a picture of me with her. Technically, we're in a crowd and I'm standing near her and I'm giving her the crazy eyes like I'm like stalking her. But it, I do, we do have a photo together.
3: I think I have a similar picture because I was afraid to say anything <laughs> yes. to her. But we were around the same vicinity. Like if she
4: hadn't have been working and it was backstage, I feel like I would have maybe done what I did with Reese Witherspoon. But when someone's in work mode, yeah. you definitely don't want to interrupt their vibe.
3: It's also one of those scenarios where you're like, you think there'll be, like, an opportunity to take a picture with him? You're like, hey, we're here yeah, for a sure. minute. We'll, like, we're here for, for hours. For sure that opportunity will come up. And,
4: you know, Bobby, one of our, like, dearest friends is co-hosting with her. Surely he'll arrange a picture. No, it never <laughs> happened.
3: <laughs> what about, what's the fav- your favorite movie you've watched with your daughter?
4: Uh, let's see. Gosh, what is something we recently watched? Have you seen that movie about... I only this isn't my favorite that I've watched with her, but it is her favorite movie. In fact, I asked her this question like the other day: if you could only watch one movie for the rest of your life, and she chose this movie, you might have to search up what it is. Okay, Um, it's like Brom the Boy. It's like this boy that got turned into a doll. And then he's like this scary doll that can like move around and do things. Katie Holmes is in the second one. yes. What's it called?
3: Uh, It's called The Boy. Okay, The Boy. I've seen the first one, which is really creepy. I haven't seen the second one. So
4: she says the second one is better. Okay. And that is the movie that she wants to watch if she could only watch one movie for the rest of her life. And my daughter is so literal. like She doesn't really play games like that well. She's like, Mom, that's not possible. It'll never be to where I can only watch one movie the rest of my life. I know. I say (laughs) hypothetically, this is a game. Play along with me. So she went with with the boy and yeah Katie Holmes is in the second one and I I thought it was very creepy it's not really scary it's just creepy
3: creepy yes
4: yeah so I mean if you want it if some people are like whoa why did you let your daughter watch that first of all scary movies is her genre like that is her favorite thing to do like she loves anime and scary movies now with um probably both of my kids we I loved watching with them like Coco and Finding Nemo and Toy Story. All the Pixar movies? Mm-hmm. They Those are always really fun. Oh, and another one we love like just as a family are any of the Avenger movies. And since I picked one with just my daughter, I'll pick one with just my son and that would be Black Panther.
3: Yeah, what did that movie mean for him to kind of like see a superhero like, hey, actually yeah. looks like me?
4: Yeah, my children are adopted so they're Haitian and I think that I don't know. He really connected. He's he's 10, but even just, you know, emotionally and cognitively, he he's not quite 10 because he grew up in an orphanage and then came here. So I don't know that the whole concept is sunk in with him on really just how yeah. super cool that is to have a black superhero to look up to. But I do think that he identified with his skin color. Like he knows that much at least. And we try to have... Uh, you know the tough conversations really talking about the reality of that and how cool it is um so i mean as a parent i'm super thankful for it yeah
3: i'm still waiting for the mexican superhero oh yeah
4: you don't have one yet no not yet oh okay yeah we need to do that come on let's get with it
3: so for you what's your just overall favorite movie series like um, multiple movies
4: okay two come to mind right away okay uh avengers Okay. All of those, like, where I'm there for every single one, always, and Fast and the Furious, which I know sounds kind of cheesy, but I get it. The movies are, well, just that—they're cheesy. But I've seen every single one, and I'm excited to see the next one, and that's what we're going to do for your birthday.
3: Yeah, there—that's why I picked that movie. I thought like everybody could get something yeah. from it, even if you haven't even seen since like the very beginning. They really. Don't follow a plot line that you need to follow along to. Yeah, you're good. But also, they're just big, fun movies. And I was trying to pick something that you could just sit down and watch and have fun. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why those movies have done so well, because they are just ridiculous. I agree. But um, what we're going to do next, we're going to do a throwback movie review. Okay. And since this movie came out over 10 years ago, I'm excited because we can spoil the ending. Oh, okay. So we're going to get full into That's this. That's the rule, right? That is the rule, 10 years.
4: I know. I have, I've tried not to spoil anything because unfortunately, by accident on The Bobby Bone Show, I have spoiled things. And it is not a good feeling because people don't let you live that down and they get very upset with you. And so I kind of just... Don't really talk about <laughs> endings from anything even if it's from 25 years ago. <laughs> I don't want to ruin anything and get in trouble.
3: Yeah, well the rule on this podcast has always been 10 years so if you haven't seen this movie okay, by Okay, so now, I have permission. Your permission to ruin away. Okay. Alright.
1: I'm Elliot Connie and this is Family Therapy.
2: My best hopes I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen
1: So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this hundred-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Oh hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels.
3: All right, so let's talk about a movie you just watched recently with Tom Hanks called The Terminal. First of all, why did you watch this movie now?
4: Okay, well, because it just uploaded to Netflix the 1st of June. So that's why. I mean, I had thought I knew what Terminal was about. And quite honestly, I thought maybe back in the day I had seen it just because (laughs) I, you know, in my head, I'm like, yeah, Tom Cruise lives in a terminal. Yeah, I I just. But then when I actually watched it because it popped up on my next Netflix feed and this year it was added. So I know it seems weird to watch a movie from 2004 randomly. But when something new is added to Netflix, it's kind of awesome and makes you want to check it out. So I did, and I couldn't have been more off on the plot at all. Tom Cruise isn't even American. Not Tom Cruise, Tom Tom Hanks. Hanks. (laughs) Tom Hanks isn't even American. He is from another country, and he kind of gets stuck in this weird limbo at the airport coming through customs because his... Country is at war, and his passport is no longer valid, and they don't know what to do with him, but he can't enter the United States. And so they just kind of throw him into the terminal with some food coupons, and then the story unfolds from there.
3: So what did you think about Tom Hanks's acting ability in this? Because he's playing a I really thought it a character was we've never seen.
4: Yeah, no, I thought it was Totally fantastic, especially considering that he was having to speak another language and he did it so well. And then, even kind of being this person that's stuck in this world and you're learning new things, and kind of how he I I totally bought it. Like, I bought into that Tom Cruise was that person. And uh, another thing that I searched up after I watched it, I didn't realize that that movie is based on a true story from Mm -hmm. an airport in Paris. Or someone lived in the terminal there.
3: Do you think you could live in a terminal?
4: (laughs) I mean, actually, there's food, there's shopping, there's people watching. I mean, yeah, he formed relationships. There's work, there's opportunities. He got jobs. (laughs) I mean, there's bathrooms. So yes, I do think I could live in a terminal.
3: What's the longest you've ever been delayed for a flight?
4: Oh, I feel pretty lucky. I've uh, had to do an overnight before that wasn't originally planned. But that was my own doing. I missed the flight by a couple minutes. And you know what? I wasn't even late to the airport. I actually got to the airport like pretty early, Uh, but I was over at Starbucks (laughs) and the line was long and I still thought I had plenty of time. And by the time I got over to the gate, the woman was like, we already gave away your seat. And I was going to Haiti. And I, I said, you're joking. I had my Starbucks in my hand and I'm like all these things. And I said, I've been here. I have been here. Actually, what happened was, now that I'm remembering the exact story, I had already done an overnight. So I spent the night to catch an early flight, then was at Starbucks, then I had to sit at the airport for hours to get a later flight in the day to get there at night. So I would have gotten to wow. Haiti early in the morning, but be- and that's why I spent the night, to wake <laughs> up and take an early flight in Florida, and then I never even made it. So mine, yeah. I do think, yeah, I've had to do an overnight as well, just yeah, based on weather or something. But that's probably the longest.
3: So back to the movie, the whole thing is him living in the airport, deciding whether he's going to go back home or go to New York City. And then we get to the ending. How did you feel about it?
4: Oh, I felt very emotional.
3: Yeah, it's an mm-hmm. emotional ending. It
4: is. So there's funny parts and there's really sad parts all scattered throughout. Beginning, middle and end, I felt. A variety of emotions. And
3: then when he finally gets to go, they decide to let him go to New York City. Oh, my
4: little Indian friend. Like that's (laughs) who there's there's a character in there from India. And uh, that just was like a very selfless, special moment. I'll let people see it. I don't want to totally spoil it. But it was just that is what true sacrifice, in a sense, looks like for someone that you've you care about.
3: Do you remember the first time you went to New York City?
4: I do. I do.
3: Did you have that feeling of like, what is this place?
4: Yeah, I was in college and I was so excited to go. I'm trying to think if I had flown. So here's the thing. I've road tripped. I've driven from Austin to New York City. It took days.
3: That would take forever. Yes.
4: So my friend that I grew up with, his name is Craig Fuller. Shout out. I, we, I've we i known him since I was A kid like he's like a brother to me, although I have not talked to him in years, which now I'm like, I probably should reach out to him and see what's going on. But growing up, obviously, at this point, I think I'm probably like, you know, 20 years old or so. And at some point during our college career, he decided he was going to go to some college in Queens And he got an apartment in Queens, New York. And his mom was super worried about him making the trek up there by himself. Our parents were friends. Again, he's like a brother to me. So his mom, she's the one that reached out to me. And she was like, hey, can you do me a favor? And can you drive to New York with Craig? And it's probably like the only guy that, I would feel comfortable going and I had like a couple guy friends that I grew up with, so maybe he's not the only one. There's a few from our neighborhood that I would feel comfortable because, I mean, we had to get like hotel rooms. His parents they hooked it up though. They got me my own hotel. They got me, but to be in the car for that yeah, long, long time. With someone is a very long time. That's like not a boyfriend, just like a friend. That's a boy, and yeah, we made the drive, and it was amazing. And I think that that was my first time going and then after that that year because now we had a free place to stay because I had a friend that had an apartment in Queens uh my some of my college friends and I we flew up to New York and would just hang out for like the weekend and we went like three times that year so that was my introduction to New York and I yes I remember walking around the city and because we were staying in Queens, which at the time, I don't know if it's gotten better, but time wasn't necessarily like the (laughs) safest place. But hey, and also fun fact about my left shoulder, I have like a weird pain in my shoulder that's never healed quite right. It's actually super tender. Um, But I was on a morning jog in Queens, super safe by myself um, during one of my visits to him, see him and I tripped on the sidewalk and fell And landed on my left shoulder and probably definitely should have sought medical attention. But again, I was in college and not the most responsible. and didn't want to deal with that. (laughs) So I got up, kept running. And I remember getting home and like was going to shower and like taking off my sports bra and it being the most painful process. And I had to like finagle my way out of it because my left arm would not like raise to a certain position because of my shoulder. And it's still an injury to this day. What, like 20 something? 20 years later or so and that happened my first trip to new york or one of my trips during that year that i first went when i was 20.
3: so the last thing i want to talk to you about is sorry
4: that was a really long answer to your question
3: you're good (laughs) i got to learn that story
4: i'm sure people have tuned out by now
3: so the last thing uh, i wanted to talk to you about is you also just watched old yeller which has one of the most depressing endings to a movie of all time
4: yeah i did i did not want to watch that at all it was assigned to me by bobby you
3: were forced to watch it Mm Did that ending wreck you?
4: Yes, it was awful. I mean, I don't want to say I'm wrecked by it, but it is the most yeah. It's the most traumatic ending to a movie for like that I can think of. Like, especially if you're a child.
3: I think that movie is the reason I've never had a dog. Really? I remember we watched that movie in like elementary school.
4: Why are they showing that to school students? I don't know.
3: (laughs) I remember watching it in elementary school and when that scene happened and I remember thinking, like, I never want to get a dog. I don't want to go through that. And just the thought of having a dog and then knowing the whole time that they're going to die at some point, I was like, not for me. And I never had a dog.
4: Yeah, no, I don't blame you. If I had seen that as a kid, I would be scarred as well. And I get that it's a classic tale. I mean, maybe from the 50s, it's like, I get it. You're supposed to, like, read the book. It's supposed to be some great thing. But I don't know. It's just so, so sad. <laughs> well, I think also for
3: me is, like, growing up, I learned a lot of things from movies that my parents didn't teach me. And I think that movie did kind of help. Like, hey, here's a scenario we had to deal with grief. They're presenting it to kids who maybe don't have parents to tell them things like that or experience that for themselves. So a lot of things I learned from movies, that one, not so great, though. Yeah,
4: yeah. I don't even know that how the dad wrapped it up at the end was like the best advice on how to handle grief. (laughs) I'm not quite sure, but I mean, it was the 50s, so we've progressed in a lot of ways.
3: (laughs) Did it make you cry at all?
4: I didn't cry because I was just, I honestly was multitasking while I was watching it, trying to get it done. And had it on my computer carrying it from room to room as I was doing things. So I think I was just taking it in. I, I did feel it on a level because, I mean, I looked over at my dog who was by my <laughs> side, my sweet little Kara, my Labradoodle that was with me. And I I just thought, I, I imagine for a second maybe, you know, if I was forced to even do something like that to her, I don't even know that I would be able to do it. I mean, and the fact that a little boy had to step up and do that I think I said it on the Bobby Bones show, but, or I don't know. maybe Did I, or did I think it in my head? Sometimes I never know if I say things out loud, <laughs> but, um, my college boyfriend shot his dog.
3: I don't think you said that. No, I didn't. No.
4: Oh my gosh. Like, I mean, it was because he wanted to be the one to do it. They were either going to take it to the vet okay. and the vet was going to put the dog down or he could do it. And he did it and it, it wrecked him, but maybe I never asked why. He did it before we started dating, but it would still come up like it was a traumatic thing for him where, I mean, he cried over it later when we were dating and it was very hard, but it was like, he felt that was his dog and it was his responsibility because the dog was going to get put down anyway. But I get that at a vet, they probably do it in a very like... Like my dog, Josie, our Rottweiler that we had for 10 years, she had cancer and the vet advised us to put her down. So we got to be there for the process, but it was very, um, you know, so the peaceful for Josie. They put her to sleep. I like how you put that. I feel like that's a better method than like ugh, taking yeah. care of it yourself. But I guess that's just what he felt that he needed to do and I don't know I'm sure that's something he still carries with him to this day and now I'm wondering if it's because he freaking saw old yeller as a kid and that's what he felt like was the right thing he, he needed, needed to do, to do it. live out you know what? I wonder if that's what it is too late now I can't like reach out <laughs> to him and be like hey so you know he's like married with his own kids I'm married hey long time no talk but <laughs> why did you decide to do that I, man Now I'm thinking it might be because Old Yeller.
3: We have some things to dig up I mean, he was an
4: English major and loved literature and reading books. Like, I wonder if that really did come from the book.
3: Yeah. Hmm. Intense. Deep thoughts. Well, I didn't want to end on a depressing note.
4: Well, you brought up Old Yeller. How did you think we were (laughs) going to Well, I didn't
3: know we were going to get to a story of your boy. They're equally depressive. I mean. True. Uh, But what about, I think a time early on we kind of bonded over movies is whenever the Hunger Games movies came out. Oh, yes. And one of the first times we really kind of spent time together... Like work was making edit- the trailer, yeah, and editing that together, yeah.
4: So I had some wild idea in 2012 when the trailer came out that we would all reenact it verbatim, scene for scene. There's not a scene that we left out. Hear the detail we, from like the yes.
3: the intro, like graphics, mm-hmm. all of that.
4: There's a train scene and yeah, I busted out my niece or my nephew's like train set and films like footage. There's a helicopter scene and we got like a toy helicopter or like a what's it called? Like a remote control helicopter helicopter, and it flew over me and Bobby. Um, I had characters assigned like. My dad was President Snow. My sister was Effie Trinket. My niece was Prim. I was Katniss, of course. Of course. Bobby played PETA and Gail. We just did a wig change. I mean, I went to Goodwill. I got all the costumes. Bobby pretty much said, okay, we'll all do it because I had interns involved, which you were an intern at the time. I was an intern. Right. And uh, we had. All, you know, Ray and Lunchbox were the now I can't even think of what they were called, but the security Peacekeeper. people, peacekeepers. There you go, peacekeepers. Hey, shout out.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
4: True fan there. Um, and we my dad did like craft services. Like we had, you know, which is if you work on a movie set or any kind of TV set, they have what they call craft services, which is just the food setup yeah. where you can go eat. And so we even called it that because we were real actors that day and i remember my mom came over and helped so that's a super special memory for me because even like looking back and being able to watch that sometimes i i i've posted it on instagram before it's not like i'm going back and watching it all the time <laughs> but i do remember like you and i going to like boulder cafe or something yeah boulder creek and or boulder creek in austin and working on the edits and trying to get it just right and i filmed it Like we all, we filmed it with different cameras, like on our flip cams back Back in the the day. Remember those flip cams? Everything with those. Yes. Bobby gifted those to us one year for Christmas or something. And then that year we had to all on the show, upload a YouTube video a week. Like it was a requirement. Yeah. So we were constantly doing video content. Thankfully, that's changed a little bit, but even I got good at iMovie, and now, i who knows, it's been so long I haven't been able to figure it out, but yes, that Hunger Games trailer is legit. We should put that up somewhere. Yeah, it, it was on YouTube, but then we had to remove it. I think maybe I added it on a YouTube page that I have. Somehow I have it because I know I put it on my Instagram. I had to put it in IGTV because it's too long for like... So if you go to my IGTV, it's, it's there as well, and... Also, remember back in the day we did the Silent Film Festival?
3: Oh, yeah, that's true.
4: Yeah, if you talked about my movie, it won. It won. It did. I feel like this is Mike D's movie podcast, so it needs to be mentioned that... So
3: an award-winning short film, it was based on when the artist came out that year and won Best Picture. Bobby told us we should all... Is that why
4: we did that? Yeah,
3: the artist came out, which is a black and white silent movie, won Best Picture, and the whole idea was to create a silent film festival, so everybody had to go and create their own... And yours won.
4: Yeah. My film was called Bacon. 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 Yes. <laughs> and I don't even know how I came up with that concept because it's so out there and wild. But in a nutshell, this is also on my IGTV at Radio Amy if you want to check <laughs> it out. But I got, I, I love to eat bacon mm-hmm. but I, while I was pregnant. So, you know, when you're pregnant, you crave things. And I was craving bacon like crazy. And then next thing you know, I'm giving birth in my car because we didn't make it to the hospital in time. And I give birth to a baby pig.
3: A little pig.
4: Yeah, I went out to a little pig farm and borrowed these little micro or teacup piglets, which they grow into big pigs. Don't be fooled by that at all. I saw their moms. I'm like, these are cute as little <laughs> cute tiny now. babies, but these are going to grow big. And then I gave birth to the pig And then I realized that my baby is what makes bacon. So then I became an advocate for my baby, and I started protesting bacon. I went to the grocery (laughs) store and stood in front of the bacon aisle. I I made. um, I went to Lucy in disguise in Austin, and I got a cow costume and a pig costume. And lunchbox was the pig, and softball Ricky Ricky was was the the cow. (laughs) or vice versa they maybe Ricky, each other. <laughs> actually I take it back Ricky was the pig and and Lunchbox was the cow and we were Ricky and I were on the street corner holding up a sign saying eat Eat more beef, don't eat bacon. <laughs> and then Lunchbox was the cow, and he came up and started beating us up because he was like, No, don't eat the beef, eat the bacon. And then so, people
3: thought you were actually protesting. Yes.
4: And it was this whole thing. Like it was, um, I think there was a restaurant in Austin at the time called Bacon. bacon yeah. And we went and like protested outside of that. So that was my short silent film that won first place.
3: Your directorial debut.
4: Yeah. What's I mean, next for your Well, I don't know. Vision. I decided to end on a high. Like, you know, I wanted to uh end that on top. One so hit I had <laughs> a director a a silent film since then. But yeah, that was the year of a lot of videos. That was the that was the flip cam era of the Bobby Bone show. <laughs> was the Also, you know what? That was a part of too is Bobby did that thing one year where we all kept track of different segments that we did that like kind of did really good oh. and whoever <laughs> had the most good segments at the end of the year, won a $1,000. And he gave my mom a $1,000 at the beginning. And he's like, Judy's going to hold on to this. So my mom deposited it into her bank account. So that way the $1,000 was there and nobody was going to touch it. And then my mom would pay the winner. And ironically, I won. So my mom paid me. But Uh, there was nothing shady there at all. She was, my mom was very, we called her Popo. Her nickname was Popo because she was like strict, like the police. Like she followed the rules to a T and Popo paid me my thousand dollars because at the end of the year I had the most tallies by my name.
3: Yeah. We had that big board with everybody's marks.
4: Mm -hmm. That was the year Lunchbox ran the marathon. It was. So he got some major points for that. I mean, think of all the content that came out of that. I'd never want to do that again. Yeah. Do not bring this up to Bobby, (laughs) but, uh, Like, I just don't have... I don't think any of us have the bandwidth at the time for... Like, back then, our lives, we were all just young and kidless. Running around. And running around, (laughs) dedicated to all that. I mean, hopefully, we still bring good stuff to the show. But gosh, I do not have time to get today.
3: (laughs) Well, Amy, you do it all. You direct short films, you host podcasts, you host radio shows. Thanks for being on the podcast. Well, thank you
4: for having me. This is so fun. Okay. Bye. All right.
3: So just a quick bit of movie news that I wanted to share with you today is that Paramount Plus will be offering a free trial for A Quiet Place 2. So this is the movie I've really been waiting to see now. And it was kind of the deciding factor of me getting Paramount Plus back when it launched. I got lucky and got in early at a discounted rate, but Among all the other streaming services, it's the most affordable. And I think maybe right now it doesn't have as much as everybody else, but I think it'll get there. That's why I'm kind of hanging with Paramount Plus, at least for this first year that I have it. But I think this is a pretty big incentive to get Paramount Plus because I was saying here, once they start having some of the movies they've kind of teased, I think there'll be a little bit of competition. They'll have some big movies. The only thing that's not the best about them right now is they do wait A while to put them out. I think it's about a month and a half. So, Quiet Place 2 has been out for a while now, but starting on July 13th, it'll be available on Paramount Plus. And then you can get that free month's trial, which I like it a lot because I'm into the old 90s Nickelodeon cartoon shows. And I really like just when I want to turn my brain off, watch like Rocco's Modern Life, Hey Arnold, even a little bit of Rugrats. Like, that's what I like to kind of sit down and watch sometimes. So, I really like Paramount Plus for that. They also have things like the iCarly reboot, which I've also been watching and enjoying. So it's a little bit more of the nostalgia trip right now. I am going to wait to see A Quiet Place when I can see it at home. So I'm kind of looking forward to that experience because I think the first one, so much of that was going to see it in the theater and it being so quiet in a room with a bunch of people. I am want to see if it translates to the home view. I think this is kind of my test because it's been doing really well. People, says, people have said that John Krasinski has basically made a follow-up sequel that lived up to the hype so i'll see if that kind of transfers into the home experience so if you want to get it on that free trial so if you're not already subscribed and you want to get that free month the code is movies and this isn't a plug and this isn't a commercial or anything i'm just trying to help you guys out if you want a free trial of something which i am always looking for and then you got to remember to cancel it if you don't like it but if you do just know there's more movies coming there Also in movie news is that the Black Panther sequel has started filming in Atlanta. They said the process has been pretty emotional without Chadwick Boseman there. But they're trying to make a movie that would make him proud. And really the plot details are still kind of under wraps to keep everything so secretive. But I'm really excited to see the Black Panther sequel. Not only because I want to see how they kind of continue the legacy of the movie without Chadwick Boseman. But also just like I think it's one of the strongest Marvel movies of the entire franchise that's really stood on its own. So I think they have a lot to live up there. They have a lot they have to do to kind of pay their respects to Chadwick Boseman and keep it kind of interesting for everybody to want to stick with Black Panther. So I'm excited for that one as well. And this is right on the kind of the heels of Marvel getting back into the swing of things with Black Widow coming out soon. It's kind of interesting to see Scarlett Johansson out now doing interviews saying it's kind of weird to say goodbye to this character. She's been playing Black Widow forever, it seems like. So it's kind of the end of another era too so i'm still not fully back excited for everything marvel even though i'm such a big fan but i think there's some stuff coming up soon that Hopefully, we'll get back into the swing of that, of having a constant Marvel movie out for a while. But that'll do it for this week. Before I hop out of here, I gotta give my shout-out of the week, which I do every single week. All you have to do is send me a tweet at MikeDistro, DM me on Instagram, or leave a comment on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash MikeDistro, and this one's actually a tweet, from we Are KY Pod, and they said, Mike Distro just proved to movie studios and movie celebrities everywhere. Movie Mike's movie podcast must be on every studio and movie celebrities must do interview list. So this meant a lot to me, mainly because I've been trying to incorporate more interviews, and I don't really see myself as a great interviewer. I think I come up with interesting questions that I like to ask people that I've always wanted to know about movies. So my only rule kind of when I find interviews is I got to be a fan of their work and want to ask them, genuine questions I don't really go just seeking out anybody when it comes to interviews and also what I think you guys would actually enjoy listening to so I got a lot of great comments and messages about last week's interview with some of the original cast of Willy Wonka so if you missed that one go check that one out I think that's a pretty good nostalgia trip if that was one of your favorite movies as a kid it's cool just getting to hear the behind the scenes from them so if you missed that episode you can go one back and listen to that interview appreciate everybody for listening today hope you had some time off this weekend got to enjoy a little bit maybe watch some movies if you saw anything good just send me a tweet at mike distro what you watched or what you think i should watch next and review on the podcast and until next time later the black effect presents
1: family therapy and i'm your host elliot connie jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner david
0: David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me.
1: Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations.